This is Cybok, the cybersecurity body of knowledge, distilling the knowledge from internationally recognized experts and providing foundational education and training for the cybersecurity sector. Hello and welcome to Cybok. I'm Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire. Joining us today is Sanjay K. Jha. He's a professor and the director of the SciPry Laboratory at the School of Computer Science and Engineering at the University of New South Wales. He's author of the Network Security Knowledge Area. Everything is connected. If you look at any device, any computer, any server, they are all connected in the global internet. And uh, that interconnection needs a range of protocols. Basically, that also brings with it certain security vulnerabilities. And so in this cyborg, we have taken a top-down approach to see how the applications which are running at these end systems communicate with each other over the internet. And during this process, what kind of protocols are used? And uh, then like at each layer, what sort of security problems can arise and are there solutions to mitigate and how can they be mitigated, uh, how this is evolving in future, what kind of new protocols are coming and what kind of new problems are arising. Well, let's go through it together. Uh, the paper starts out uh, describing uh, Internet architecture. So if you look at any complex task, if you want to understand the complex task, you have to break it into modules or pieces. The same goes for the internet. It's quite complex. It's an interconnection of networks. It's a network of networks. There are many technologies involved. And so in order to understand that, like you break it into various layers, and the internet architecture has proposed a five-layer approach. And this kind of is borrowed from the predecessor OSI, Open Systems Interconnection. They used to have seven layers. Um, and internet has simplified that into five layers. So that allows you to go through each layer, see the interconnection between layers, and they help you understand the big picture. And then the next uh, area that you dig into are the actual network protocols and vulnerability. Can you take us through that? So given that this is a network cyborg, basically uh, you need to look at what kind of attacks are possible. So uh, what we are doing here is to look at different type of attacks. So there are some sample attacks, for example, uh, denial of service attack or spoofing attack. So we're giving some samples to motivate the readers to further look into. And then the next area is the actual application layer security. And there are several uh, subsections here. Uh, take us through an overview of this area. So the, the next layer uh, we are talking about here is the application layer. Basically, if you see two applications communicating with each other, for example, you are using emails, right? And mm -hmm. if you want to have certain security uh, in your email, for example, you want to authenticate who you are communicating with or you want to encrypt your messages so that no one can read it, then you need certain mechanisms. And application layer security can provide that. So there are components, building blocks, which is used to do that. And uh, uh, the first thing that we talk about in the cyborg is uh, public key infrastructure. So 
each party like Alice and Bob in the examples, uh, they would have a pair of keys uh, and the key is registered. So your public key, for example, Bob's public key is known to the whole world, to Alice as well. And likewise, Alice's public key is known to the whole world and they have registered it through some authority, which is detailed in the cyborg. Say, for example, Bob wants to send an email to Alice, then Bob can encrypt the message with Alice's public key. And Alice is the only person who can decrypt it because she has uh, her private key and vice versa. So that uh, requires this public key infrastructure, for example. Then domain name security is described here. So in the internet, for example, you have mapping of domains to IP addresses. IP addresses are numbers like 32-bit numbers mm. and names like CNN.com. And people have this uh, sort of tendency of remembering the names like cnn.com a lot easier than say 192.168.1. whatever. Right, sure. So that mapping is done through a server and there is a hierarchy in the internet. Uh, now, like if you break that system, you can compromise the internet. So the DNS security extensions were proposed and uh, that's described. And then, like, you have this uh, most popular protocol called HTTP, that is Hypertext Transfer Protocol. And uh, that's an application layer protocol which gives you a high level of security. So today, if you're doing any internet transaction, buying things from Amazon.com or whatever, uh, at the top of your browser, you will see a key uh, showing security uh, of uh, this connection. And that Mm -hmm. suggests to you that you are using a secured version of... uh, hypertext transfer protocol. So it's a high level of protocol that kind of allows you to provide many security features in there. Also, we're mm-hmm. talking about some other protocols like network time protocols. So the uh, computers at two ends on a distributed system should have a synchronized clock to work. And NTP is a protocol that's used for that. Again, like that has some security issues and uh, those challenges are described here as well. And then you move on to uh, transport layer security. Take us through that one. When we were talking about this layered approach, the internet architecture, it breaks uh, into the layers. So first layer was application layer. Then we are talking about transport layer. And this is an abstraction, which means like if two ends are communicating over the internet, there is a transport layer typically in the operating system, for example. And that creates an illusion of a tunnel between the two systems, okay? So your big message, the email we talked about, uh, can be broken into chunks, okay? And those chunks, like, I mean, there are technical terms like segment and all, but uh, (laughs) at high level, those chunks are being transferred between the two machines. And they can be lost, they can be um, uh, basically modified and so forth. So uh, this transport layer provides certain metadata that two ends keep track of, and they make sure that if something is lost, then they can recover and um, uh, reproduce the entire message uh, complete to the higher layers. And then these chunks uh, are provided to, say, the email at application layer, uh, as an example, and then they kind of strip certain uh, metadata and produce the email that you get to see through your client. So in this whole process also, there is a whole range of security issue. And uh, then there are certain protocols uh, like secure socket layer or transport layer security protocols that allow you. And there is a nitty-gritty of 
those things at a higher level described in the Sebok. Again, for everything we provide, um, references for readers to go and uh, build the knowledge, but it gives you a gist of how this uh, TLS, for example, works. And then the next area is network layer security. What's in here? What happens is that, um, as I told you, internet is uh, made of uh, many different type of networking technologies. Okay, So, for example, at your home, you could use Wi-Fi, or you could use Ethernet, or you could use cable modem and many different type of technologies. Then that can go over optical fiber link or some other type of networking communication to the ISP. And then your ISP is connected to other ISPs and this whole interconnection, for example, we are talking over the internet right now. And uh, uh, this goes from Sydney to, uh, I'm not sure where you're located, Dave, is that in the, in the US United somewhere? States, yeah, yes. yeah, on the East Coast. <laughs> so, so East Coast, and it will go through a whole number of these ISPs and finally it hits your computer at the other end. So there are many, many networking technologies involved. And um, the network layer tries to abstract so that certain format is used across the networks to get your message through end to end. And uh, typically, the internet protocol IP is used, IPv4 or IPv6. And uh, so in, in this uh, layer, basically, we deal with how uh, the networking protocols work end-to-end to get your messages through. And again, like this brings a challenge of security because you can have many security problems. So um, I, we also talk about a number of uh, security issues like IP masquerading, so someone can try to pretend to be you, uh, your machine, if you like, you have an IP address. Those can compromise, uh, basically, the security of your system. Uh, also, we're talking about routing protocols. So what is a routing protocol? Basically, when like two routers are connected with each other, they speak uh, with each other using certain uh, standard protocol. And... Uh, we were talking about ISPs and so forth. They are defined as an autonomous system in the internet protocol terminologies. And so uh, the border uh, routers speak to each other and exchange routing information saying, oh, if it is going to East Coast, uh, it should go via this port from my network. And by using this kind of logic, it reaches you. So if someone kind of corrupts uh, those uh, routing tables, then like they can divert the traffic to their own network, for example. So it would not reach East Coast, it would go via their network, or they can even hmm. drop and change things. So those are the kind of interesting issues which are being discussed here. Yeah. And, and then the next area is link layer security. Can you take us through that one? So again, uh, the example that we used just now, that uh, me talking to you via the internet, the link layer is uh, basically working in your local Setup. So in case of me, I'm using a link layer Wi-Fi. I'm not sure if you're in office location, you might be using Ethernet or a wireless yep. as well. And so there are many type of links. And the link layer security is looking at this last mile security to make sure that in a very secure system, you may have to authenticate before they will allow you to get to the network. And that uses uh, a whole uh, range of different type of protocols, like uh, uh, there is a port-based authentication, which means, like, if, say, if you are connecting to a Wi-Fi gateway, 
the gateway will only allow you initially to exchange a few control messages. And once it authenticates from a server that uh, Dave is a legitimate user, then like the ports will be open and you can start communication via, say, web browser or uh, internet chat or whatever we are doing for now. So um, that's one type of thing. Uh, then there are like other protocols, again, like if you're using Ethernet, Ethernet also builds a table to propagate messages within the network, and you can do attacks like a whole number of attacks have been described here. There's one called switch poisoning attack. So I give you the example of border gateway routers, but switch also does the same thing. It builds some forwarding information as to um, in your office environment, for example, if a packet comes from Dave and goes to John, then which port is to be used in the Ethernet? And you can corrupt that and compromise that. So those are type of attacks being described. The next area, and this is something uh, we just uh, sort of touched on, is um, wireless security. What goes into this area? So um, we've kind of labeled it uh, as a separate module, although it's related to the link layer security because wireless LAN is a type of link layer being used. But it's uh, used so popularly that we dedicated uh, a section to this. And the reason for this was that uh, originally there was a protocol designed in early days of wireless called WEP, W-E-P. And uh, Mm -hmm. that protocol basically was very poorly designed in terms of security. It's called wireless equivalent privacy. And the whole design philosophy was that we should provide security equivalent to wired network. And the problem was that they didn't realize that wireless security is much more challenging than wired network because it's a broadcast media. So people can eavesdrop and easily spoof messages and so forth. And so whole range of vulnerabilities were discovered very quickly. And then like subsequent versions like WPA and so forth, uh, versions of WPA came up. Also, the IEEE standardized what is called robust secure network for enterprise. So that kind of uh, brings it to even a higher level of security. So in this section, we kind of went through the history and it's good to learn from mistakes. So we did Mm -hmm. describe the WEP protocol and said how it failed and why you should never design any protocol like that. And then we kind of uh, described all the latest, greatest development in the field. And then the next area is uh, network defense tools. What's in there? As you would appreciate by now that we have a whole bunch of different protocols. We have uh, interconnection of networks and stuff like that. And your uh, messages get uh, chopped into smaller segments. At network layer, we call uh, packets. Okay, And so mm-hmm. that's why the term packet filters and firewalls. And probably most people would have heard of firewalls these days. So what happens is that you keep a packet filter which inspects all the packets and makes sure that uh, they are legitimate packets before they can be allowed to get inside your network. Also, there are firewalls which do the same thing. So they look at uh, different layer of messages and depending on the type of firewall, some can look at only network layer, some can look, look at network or transport layer. These days, there are application layer gateways which can even look at higher layer stuff. Typically, uh, you will have a DMZ, demilitarized zone, in which uh, basically all the servers are placed for external-facing web browsing and so forth. 
and then like you can place these uh, systems for checking if there is any intrusion happening. If you suspect something, then you can alert your routers to drop the packets. Some of them, like just you look at uh, log files and try to analyze these files to look at any potential threat. A whole bunch of uh, different techniques are used these days. Uh, machine learning techniques are used, uh, for example, to detect possible intrusions. One thing like uh, is important to know is that if you're not careful, you can be attacked. And people know about attacks like, say, denial of service attack. What that means is that you have a server which is providing, say, some sort of information about internet transaction, uh, commercial transactions like purchase system. Now, attackers can launch a whole bunch of denial of service packets so that that server is processing these fake packets and they never get a chance to respond to a real customer who wants to buy a product. So you need to have these systems in place to make sure that it can defend and try to drop those packets or alert the network administrators to take different measures. And then finally, uh, you dig into uh, some advanced network security topics. What do you cover there? So I have touched upon certain uh, areas like software-defined networking. This has been a recent sort of development in the last five years. And what it does is that takes a centralized approach. So in your organization, if you have, for example, uh, an internet, and if it's a large organization, then you will have multiple routers connecting the whole network within your organization. Now, all these routers earlier used to run distributed algorithms, which means like each of them send messages and they build their protocols, routing tables, and so forth. And from there they decide which way the packets are going to be forwarded. And that was nice, that was uh, kind of resilient and so forth. But recently, because the network has become so fast that a new type of architecture was uh, developed, which is called software-defined networking. And there, basically, the control functions are centralized. That is, all these routing functions earlier being calculated by each router is not happening anymore. There is a central entity which calculates the routes and populates the routing tables in these routers. So when a packet comes, they can make a decision which way to go based on this table populated by the centralized server. So that gives you a much more efficient network. In terms, I'm not going to go into details of all the protocols here, but also like because it's a new technology, it brings new type of security threats. And uh, so we go through some of these potential security threats. Uh, this is a new technology, so I think the readers should uh, learn about uh, the trends and SDN gets deployed, uh, we'll continue the cat and mouse games as uh, the patches or mitigation strategies are developed. The trackers will find new vulnerabilities, so it's good to know these things. And then last but not least, you touch on uh, IoT security, Internet of Things, certainly uh, something that's uh, drawn a lot of attention these days. That's absolutely true. The Internet of Things security has become extremely important even to the end users because in your day-to-day lives, you are using a whole bunch of uh, these devices. Say in my house, I would have a door lock which is connected to Internet. My uh, rooms have Philip Hue bulbs. They speak uh, Internet. They are connected. I can control them via app and so forth. Your air conditioner could be controlled over the Internet. So all these things uh, are connected to internet and that brings the challenges 
uh, in terms of security to make sure that everything is working in a secure fashion. No one else can turn on or off your aircon or change the temperature setting to position which can be very, very harmful for people. So I think uh, very briefly I have touched upon the IoT security because it's emerging and it's quite important. With the IoT security, I would say that uh, it also brings the challenge in terms of actuation because uh, what happens is that you can control things and uh, physically do damages. So I gave you this example of air conditioning temperature being set to a very high value. Or you could have, um, say, light pulse flashing at such a fast uh, frequency that it can bring epileptic fit in people. So um, IoT security becomes extremely uh, important. So in terms of um, what you hope people take away from this particular uh, part of Cybok, this area of knowledge, uh, what, what would you like them to, uh, to leave with, having read through the document? So people who are working in cybersecurity have to deal with the vast uh, amount of information. And uh, it's hard for any professional to know everything about every possible aspect of cybersecurity. Now, networking, as I kind of have demonstrated through this conversation, is fairly important. And you cannot secure any system without understanding the networking technology and associated security issues. So I hope that the readers can get overall summary of the security issues for in interconnecting systems on distributed network. And then they can look at uh, some other aspects uh, which can complement that much. That's Sanjay K. Jha. To learn more about the Cybok project and the knowledge area we spoke about today, visit cybok.org. This podcast is a product of the University of Bristol. Cybok is funded by the UK National Cybersecurity Programme and led by the University of Bristol's Professor Awais Rashid, along with Professor Andrew Martin, Professor George Denisis, Professor Emil Lupu, Professor Steve Schneider, and Dr. Howard Shivers. The Cybok podcast is produced by The Cyberwire with coordinating producers Jennifer Iben, Kelsey Bond, and Bristol University's Yvonne Rigby. The executive producer is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Music